0: Book of Acts, a lot of things going on today. It seems like <clears throat> just kind of hard getting out of the house this morning, one thing after another. The truck's overheating, coming down here, and I'm nursing it down here. Got down here okay. Uh, and then I'm fumbling through my song service, you know. Uh, so, but praise God. I've got it on good authority, Rick, that Jesus said, We're two or three gathered together in my name, they're mine, they're midst. We praise God for His presence with us today through his holy spirit acts chapter 7 mind me while i get a drink i got this thing going all right acts chapter 7 acts chapter 7 beginning in verse 17 today we're going to go through verse 28 verse 17 through 28 But when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. Now, remember, I've jumped into this, but who's speaking here? Stephen. Stephen is speaking to the Sanhedrin. Remember, they're going to have their blood. They're going to kill it. They are going to kill Stephen. And Stephen, full of the Holy Ghost, he knew it. But he said, I'm going to let you hear it. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. Then verse 18, it says, till another king arose, and so he's gone back in their history, which knew not Joseph. The same dwelt subtly with our kindred in evil and and entreated our fathers so that they cast out their young children. To the end, they might not live in which which time Moses was born and was exceeding fair, is good looking, and nourished up in his father's house three months. And when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him for her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of Egypt, uh, of the Egyptians, and was mighty in words and deeds. And when he was full 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. I pray that it came into your heart this morning to come here and visit with your brother. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that he was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them, but they understood not. And the next day he showed himself unto them as they strove, and would have set them at one again, saying, Sirs, ye are brethren, why do ye wrong one to another? But he that did his neighbor wrong, thrust him away, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? Wilt thou kill me as thou didst the Egyptian yesterday? Let's pray. God, I pray that you would uh, have your will and way in this service this morning. Father, I ask that you speak the truth through me. May I have clarity of speech, clarity of mind. Uh, call me, Lord, that uh, you would have your will and way. I pray for each and every one that's here this morning. God, it's one thing to come here and show up physically, but it's a whole nother thing to participate wholly with your Holy Spirit, heart to heart. God, may you have your way. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We continue our slow walk through the book of Acts. This slow walk, and of recent, uh, last week, we kind of got into... Uh, talking of Stephen was giving his defense uh, to the Sanhedrin. He reminded them of Moses, Moses, Savior of Egypt. And, uh, and then Joseph, the Savior, uh, saved them from starvation. Let's get right to it. So Stephen is reminding them of their history of Israel. He's bringing to remembrance these things because he's going to show that God has provided saviors to them all along the way saviors all along the way now saviors in the sense they were men but they were saving the people Now, Jesus we know Christ the Son of God is the Savior of all of mankind but he was reminding them of their history you know today we have those that would uh, rewrite our history they want to change what happened in the past so it fits their narrative moving forward people have an agenda not everybody is a pure of heart of course we're not all pure of heart our hearts are desperately wicked and who can know them and we know that god knows them but people would change the narrative today to fit what they're trying to achieve praise the lord that they didn't have that going on at this time because stephen brought to remembrance what had happened they knew their history they knew their old testament they had heard the stories from their fathers and their forefathers Verse 17, the first part of it says, But when the time of the promise knew nigh, which God had sworn to Abraham. You know, I praise God, the creator of time. He created time for us uh, that we can kind of have things in order and what have you. He needs no time. But his eye doesn't have to be on a clock watching what's going on. He's uh, never late. He sets things in order. He never forgets. And he never misses an appointment when god created the sun and the moon he ordained them that they should be like signs for seasons in genesis 1 14. and so he de- uh, deliberately introduced a time factor into the human race we've got to have that or else we'd be in chaos i'm going to meet you sometime rick when uh, sometime just be there you know we need we've got to have that order Gotta have the order in the book of daniel uh, there was a prophecy of the 70 years. Uh, Daniel was understanding that they were getting near to the Babylonian con, uh, the, uh, captivity. And then it talked about the 70 weeks. In the book of Revelation, uh, it talks about the 70th week of Daniel. It talks about the, uh, the second half of the uh, tribulation time when it's going to be very chaotic. Uh, Jesus talked about after his resurrection, he was here for 40 days. And he said, not many days hence you'll receive the Holy Spirit. And it was 10 days later. So we kind of ordered by times. And the, now the, uh, as, as Stephen is talking here, he's talking about the Egyptian exile and how that it had ran its course for 400 years. 400 years he had been captivity to the Egyptians. You know, we feel like we've been captive for the last year and a half in this COVID situation. Think about 400 years. 400 years. And God made his first move to free the children of Israel. Let me go to the second part of verse 17. And it talks about the Israelites. It says, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. Well, of course. They've got their families being used as slaves. It worked to the benefit of the Egyptians. They just worked them, worked them, worked them. And so they, naturally they grew. And for a time that worked just fine with them. But then it said, Till another king arose which knew not Joseph. Till another king arose which knew not Joseph. There was a change of dynasties in Egypt. Uh, Joseph had good favor, favor with the pharaoh. Why, he'd come in and he basically had saved the world. He really had. But now you've got somebody else that's come in and things change. You know, we see that in our political scheme as well, don't we? Without being political, look at this administration, look at the past administration, look at the administration before, things change. Things change and that's what had happened. A new king came in that did not know Joseph. What's he saying? Did not know the Lord God. The, the rapid multiplication of the Jews, the Hebrews, and Goshen now is causing great alarm. Stephen's telling, reminding him, cause great alarm. You remember, caused great alarm. And, you know, it's interesting, the Egyptians had little stomach for the Jews. Why? Because the Jews had their own social order. They had their own religious group. They had their own history. They had their own identity. So tension began to build. Tension is now building. Verse 19, that so says, The same dealt subtly with our kindred and evil entreated our fathers so that they cast out their young children to the end that they might not live. What were they doing? We can't have them multiplying like this. We can't have them multiplying like this. Let's kill the firstborn. Let's kill that firstborn son. Ladies, think of that. You have a son, but you have to kill it. What they would do is they would take and cast the child into the Nile, dead or alive, let the crocodiles take care of them. It's horrible. That's horrible. Pharaoh's solution to what Hitler called the Jewish question. Did a little research on this Jewish question. It was also called the Jewish problem. As they were rising toward nationalism, some argued that they should let go of their religious consciousness. Now, this is going back just maybe one, two hundred years. That the Jewish people, as they were coming together again, they were saying that they should not have their religion. They should let that go. Hitler was saying it should remove the Jews altogether. He said that their presence is is a uh, race tuberculosis of the peoples. That's what Hitler said. He talked about, about the Jews, that they are a race, tuberculosis, of the peoples, of the peoples. The Jews have had a rough home, rough road to hoe throughout history. Some of us think that we've been persecuted and mistreated. Think of the Jews. Think of the Jews. But imagine the horror and the heartache of every Hebrew home with the idea that I hope this baby's a girl because i don't want to kill it i don't want to kill it it was fearful bondage in israel and stephen had now set the stage for another act in israel's history verse 20 says in which time moses was born and was exceeding fair and nourished up in his father's house three months had this baby boy born i'll tell you what you know In a small way, we say, I will not adhere to your mandate. I am not going to not come to church. I'm going to be in God's house. Amen? I'm going to be in God's house. Why? Because God said, I am to be in his house. Here they're telling them to kill their children. But it wasn't a mandate. It was a law. But if you're like me, like us, when Jason was born, we'd have done everything we could to kept him alive the same goes for moses's family <clears throat> so they raised him up for 3 months but now he's getting a little bit bigger good looking guy getting a little bit bigger and he's going to make noise what do you you got to make a decision i don't know what who came up with the idea maybe it was his mom thinking back what does god maybe she's thinking what does god do to save a people that are under the sentence of death. And then perhaps she went back in her history and thought of Noah and the ark. I'll make an ark. I'll make an ark and I'll put him in the ark and set him adrift in the Nile. Can you imagine that with all that crocodiles and all that going on? The trust and the faith you had to be placing in God. And then he floats off well he was a good looking little boy good looking little boy in verse 21 it says and when he was cast out pharaoh's daughter took him up you cast him out sometimes you know we in, in a, a strangely similar way our children get grown we kind of cast them out there you go <laughs> you're in the world you're cast out in the world but then it says that pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him for her own son. And Moses was learned in all wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. You know, there's an enormous amount of faith on her part. I'm gonna set him adrift in this little ark. I, I pray it holds water. I pray that the crocodiles don't get this baby, my son. I pray that one of the women sees this baby and wants to love my baby. Oh my, the faith. The faith walk that she had. Hidden for three months and she could no longer hide him. And Stephen said he was cast out. Cast out. You know, Christ was cast out of heaven for us. Do you realize that? He's doing just fine in heaven. Doing just fine. But the world needed a savior. So God sent his son. And then it was Pharaoh's daughter that took him up. Stephen tells us that Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and he had the best education. He was well studied. He knew as much as anybody did, actually being groomed to take the throne. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? However, God had other plans. He had other plans for Moses and Moses was listening for the call. This morning, are you listening as God speaks to your heart and says, hey, Dwayne, I want you to do this. Danny, I want you to do this. Brother Hector, I want you to do this. Are you listening? Are you listening for his call? Stephen also tells us that God, that Moses was mighty in words and deeds. deeds when God called Moses to become Israel's kinsman-redeemer, Moses replied, I'm not eloquent. But oh, how he could write. Oh, how he could write. Perhaps he was just talking about the Egyptian language. I mean, he'd been 40 years now on the backside of the desert, right? The old saying is, if you don't use it, you lose it. <laughs> Especially with language. I'm constantly asking the years. The, the new Como se dice en español, they'll tell me. And I turn around and I forget, (laughs) I've already forgotten it. You don't use it, you lose it. But he was also not mighty in words, but he was mighty in deeds. There's a historian, his name is Josephus, and he tells us that while a member of Pharaoh's court, that Moses led a campaign militarily against the Ethiopians. In any case, Moses, like Jesus, increased in wisdom. He increased in wisdom and stature and the ability and the discipline necessary for the ministry that God had prepared him for. Verse 23, and when he was full 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And I'd ask you that question this morning. As you came this morning, what was your thought? To, I'm going to get to visit with my brother. I'm going to vi- get to visit with my brother. He missed his brother. And in verse 24, and seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. He killed him. For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them. But they understood not. They understood not. see the hebrews were really blind to what god was doing they were blind to the the notion that he was going to redeem them and through moses and bring them out and so they looked at moses and he saw this man that was kind of set himself up and now they're saying well who are you who are you and uh, probably a bit envious of him They could not see that he had been set apart from them to be their Savior. Now, physical Savior in the world, okay? Not talking Jesus, Savior. They understood not. They understood not. That's what Stephen said. Such a parallel to Jesus. Such a parallel. Jesus, Romans chapter 9, verse 3, was set apart from his kinsmen, according to the flesh god's word tells us and they understood not paul said later they were blind we were blind thus it was for the lord jesus in the full time fullness of time he identified himself with adam's race verse 26 and the next day he showed himself unto his brethren I'm sorry, showed himself unto them as they strove and would have set them at one again, saying, Sirs, ye are brethren. Why do you wrong one to another? He wanted them to come back together, rekindle that friendship, that bond that they had. They were arguing amongst one another. You know, folks, sometimes we have disagreements and disputes. It's such a silly thing. Such a silly thing. It's just a waste of our time isn't it it's much easier to say you know what i don't have to have it my way let's do it your way i'm good with that no sense fighting about it and wasting our time want to rekindle our friendship our love for one another and so you're seeking reconciliation but they looked at him and thought you're meddling you're just getting your nose into our business not understanding what he was trying to do, and trying to accomplish. When Jesus came, he found the children of Israel in this same state. The nation was torn by warring fractions. You had the Pharisees, you had the Sadducees, you had the Essenes, the Zealots, the Herodians, all sorts of groups. And they were all under the heel of the great oppressor of the Roman Empire. Jesus came preaching peace. In the Sermon on the Mount, he taught a better way of life. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. You know, I look at those just four statements there and I look around our world and I think, where are those people at? Where are they at? Our churches should be full of them. That's why and how the churches could attack the city, instead of the, ch- the city attacking the church. But his message, the message of Jesus, fell on deaf ears. Verse 27 and 28 says, But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away, saying, Who made thee ruler and judge over us? Oh, my, isn't, isn't that just like us? You know, look at me, folks. This is where you go, you can't tell me what to do. (laughs) Who do you think you are? Rather than receiving the truth of the message. Wilt thou kill me as thou didst the Egyptian yesterday? That's just a great reminder that when you do something, you think you've gotten away with it. I was watching a, a video the other day, and it was somebody that was tearing down flags that had been put up as a 911 memory. And as they were doing it, they were going like this and they were looking as they were pulling up and throwing them down, thinking that nobody, not knowing that somebody up above them was videoing them. The things that you do in secret, the things that you do in dark, the things that you do under the cover of whatever will be revealed. God knows, God knows. You know, we, we try to hide our sin from man, not stopping to consider that we're doing it in front of Almighty God. Well, these scornful words fell from the lips of him that did his neighbor wrong. He had no desire for Moses and his new ministry, ministry of reconciliation. Moses was misunderstood. Jesus was misunderstood. When he came into this world, they thought he was going to set up his kingdom. They thought he was going to be the ruler of this world. Good, we're going to have. They were waiting for that Messiah. And then when he wasn't going to do that, he's not the Messiah. He's not the Messiah. These two men thought that Moses wanted to judge them. When in reality, all he wanted to do was come and save them. That's the way it is this morning. Jesus came into this world to save sinners. Apostle Paul said, of whom I am chief. Job said, I uh, needed a kinsman redeemer. The Bible calls him a perfect and upright man. Somewhere between the two falls all of mankind. Where are you this morning? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Going back in this history, just reviewing, Stephen is. Presenting his defense. Causing them to remember. He knows he's going to die. Time is short. But he's going to tell them the truth. Child of God, time is short. Are you willing to tell your neighbors, your loved ones, your relatives, the truth? Maybe you're just a little bit... Cowardly. Maybe that bothers you to say something like that, and you're, you're afraid they might make fun of you or or whatever. Folks, better to have that happen to you today, and have them shove you away like that the Israelite did with Moses, than to have them look at you as they stand before God and are cast into hell. Whatever it is your need is this morning, I pray that you. Take the time to do business with God. Father, I ask that you would have your will and way now as we have this time of invitation. May hearts respond to your call. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.